For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. up the latest news and opinions about the Carolina Panthers with my man Cody Lashney. How are you doing, my friend? Tony Dunn, I'm wonderful, man, because it's a Tuesday night, and even in the dead season, when there's not a lot to talk about, there's still a lot to talk about. We have the best Panthers chat room on YouTube, Legacy Land, Underground West, Pigskin Pete, what's up, brother? Can die, man, we're ready to go. Let's have another wonderful show. Talk about the best team in the NFL, brother. If you can hear the podcast right now on YouTube, smash that thumbs up button and maybe even just let us know that our levels are okay in the chat room. You can catch me on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles, and we encourage you to subscribe on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. And the greatest way you can help the podcast grow is by taking the link where you're listening. If you're listening on Podcast Attic, if you're listening on Stitcher, if you're on YouTube, copy and paste that link. Share it on social media with whoever you talk about the Carolina Panthers the most. They will help us. They will join our effort to make Panther Nation bigger and better each and every day. You can continue to be a big part of the show by calling in the Cat Calls line. The number is 252-228-5098. That's 252 252- Two two eight fifty ninety eight. We'll feature your calls on the chat. Well, on the show. All right, Cody. Enough of that. Tonight's show is MVG or MVP. I'm talking about my man Christian McCaffrey. Is he the most valuable G? Because we saw those biceps. We've been ooing and ahing and going crazy about those biceps for weeks now. Well, he's in GQ talking about his diet, and it is. Boring, boring, but he could also be MVP this season, according to a recent article. MVG or MVP? Uh, How about both of them, man? I mean, until proven otherwise, uh, yeah, Peter Schrager was on Good Morning Football talking about how McCaffrey could be a dark horse MVP candidate, and how could you not agree with him? I mean, he's a running back that possesses the potential for a 1,000 yards receiving and rushing. I mean, we have a weapon on our team. And listen, man, that guy takes it serious. 
Is that not the bicep of a man who takes his job damn serious? If it isn't, I've never seen one in my life. Um, that level of dedication is absolutely on another level. Um, I, I'm excited, man. I don't think there is a player on our team that I'm more excited about, uh, even though this is his third year than CMC, man. A ton of potential. Well, those biceps are something to be seen. A sight to be seen, a sight to behold. And if I liked men, boy, boy, oh boy. But I tell you what. He's a he, handsome man. He is not the MVG. You can't replace Cam Newton as the greatest G on the team. Nah. <laughs> my man's cool. True that. True but that. I'm going to tell you this. That. Is that uh, I don't know how you can say you're an MVG when all you do is eat bison chili and sleep 12 hours a day my man only drinks water and works out boy a lot of supplements in a in a way hey no accusations here he's pretty open is that he gets up egg yolks only goes and works out supplement water water supplement workouts bison chili bedtime do it again christian mccaffrey looks great but, man, he is not the guy that's going to be t burning down the barn at the kegger. No, he's not. And I'll tell you, bison is delicious, by the way. <laughs> if you ever have the opportunity to try some, oh, my God, a bison burger will melt your mind. It's wonderful. Um, but Especially yeah, when listen, it's prepared by a chef in Colorado. And sent. My yeah. man eats his diet. And, and the reason we're talking about this today, folks, I guess we should kind of set it up a little bit more is that this picture that Cody's got up here took the world by storm you can't help but look at this guy and go hey the biggest criticism about Christian McCaffrey was he's not big enough he's not going to be able to endure the punishment of the NFL he's been punishing the NFL he's putting on weight he's putting on weight he's all muscle right but the story goes that GQ got a hold of this and they interviewed Christian McCaffrey and all he does is eat food prepared by a chef in Colorado ma mailed to him specifically based on his genetic makeup and his blood type and yeah. all of this, which is awesome. Kind of thinking the reason that I can't lose weight is because my blood type some issues going on there but i'm pretty sure that the problem is is i drink every day almost christian mccaffrey only drinks water each and every all day that's it i mean listen i know my problem i have a seafood diet i see food and i eat it i mean you know that that's that's not the type of diet that christian mccaffrey adheres to um yeah he listen when you listen to a professional athlete talk about you know the sacrifice and the training and yeah, all that's a good, fine and dandy. But the diet and the regimen that you have to make sure that your body is on to be able to perform at the highest level in and out every Sunday, a lot of people aren't cut out for it, man. You're mm -hmm. driving home. Uh, hey, man, I want a cheesesteak or I want a, a, a biscuit from Bojangles. Or, I want, or chicken I want wings from right the parking now. lot. You have to be able to know how to tell yourself no I have to put those urges away. I have to be a professional football player, and that's who Christian McCaffrey is, man. Salute to him, because uh, yeah, I'm not discipline. Doing that. I love Total my discipline. Food. 
He says in the yeah. story, it's really cool. He says he wakes up at 8 a.m. Uh, he has this specific, he said, look, he had his blood work done. He found out what his body is sensitive to, what it's deficient in. He cut yeah. out things that we typically find as healthy. Chicken, wheat, soy, uh, tuna, right? Kind of a mini cleanse. He goes on to say that. But he says this. He Look, he, he says, after my first wake, uh, workout, I drink lots of workout, uh, water and another scoop of pre-workout and some aminos. My man is on the diet of supplements as well. That right there, folks, is not just eating your Wheaties and exercising a little bit. Like Cody's saying, that's a 24-hour commitment at this point. He has put his physical... He is like going to be like T.O. in the hyperbaric chamber in a couple of years. Cam Newton says that Greg Olson and, and McCaffrey have a... What, what did he say? Caucasian preparation? I'm just telling you what he says now. This, this is coming from the mouth of Cam Newton, all right? Uh, that's what that's Cam Newton Cam said? Did. Caucasian yeah, preparation? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah him, him and Greg Olson did the, the Caucasian preparation. Um, yeah, hey, Cam Newton's words, not mine. Uh, but he is definitely a prepared young man. And, and listen, if our offensive line is going to be uh, as good as we feel that it can be, then, man, McCaffrey could have a, a Todd Gurley type of season. I mean, easily. Very, very easily. He has the potential to do it. Let me ask you this, though. Can he really be MVP? No, because it's a quarterback competition. They never... No, now, even if... NFL, let me ask you this, though. Is that... could? I don't think so. I agree. I'm 100% with you. Christian McCaffrey yeah. cannot be the MVP as long as he plays on the Carolina Panthers with Cam Newton. And I will <laughs> right. not argue. Look, I'm not going to say that it's not just a comp, uh, a quarterback thing. Is that argue? It's hard to see the Panthers having instrumental success or real success without Cam Newton playing well. So, oh, for sure, what I'm arguing is this: is that he could have truly an MVP caliber season but if cam newton doesn't have a great season it only there's a limit to it a ceiling to it i would argue that it's going to be hard to surpass cam newton as the mvp on the team whether or not it truly was the case that season well listen if we have a good uh a good season and we're able to make a deep playoff run and heaven forbid win a Super Bowl. Yeah, our, our team lives and dies with with Cam Newton. And we've said that a ton, man. We don't know what Cam Newton means to the offense. But it means that, that he has the ability to distribute the football to Christian McCaffrey on check downs. He's a safety valve kind of player. Can run in between the tackles. I mean, he is an all-purpose running back in today's NFL. He does everything that you want him to do. And, you know, I mean, while other uh, running backs might have a bigger name, I legitimately mean it when I say this, that I would rather have no back in the NFL than McCaffrey at this point in his life right now. Yeah, I mean, is that the the back, the only back that I would, I mean, I think Alvin Kamara is in that conversation. 
I think they're very similar, though, in a lot of ways. Joey always said uh, Alvin Kamara was Christian McCaffrey with an ass. And now that Christian McCaffrey <laughs> yeah. has got some arms, he's a boob. He's like a boob man, obviously, than an ass man in comparison. But no, is that really yeah, he's going to have he could have a phenomenal year. There's no reason not to believe he won't as long as we stay healthy. But again, it's going to be difficult uh, to have a, a a career. Well, an MVP caliber year unless Cam Newton is at least better than good. That's what I would do. I mean, maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe look, maybe Cam Newton goes down. Nope. Heaven forbid. I don't want that to happen. Maybe Will Greer comes in and then all of a sudden then Christian McCaffrey's numbers and, and they have enough success to where it, it doesn't hurt as much as you would think it was. And that's how he could earn the MVP. Just think it's hard to get past Cam Newton. Yeah, and uh, let me ask you this. Do you think there's ever going to be another MVP in the NFL that's a running back? Because from my perspective, I, I think it's a quarterback uh, It's a quarterback uh, prize. You know, if you're the quarterback of the team, you're going to win the award if you put your team in the Super Bowl. That's pretty much how it has been. I mean, I, especially if you look at Todd, Curly last year and the type of season he had and the fact that he didn't win, I mean, there might never be another running back to, to win that. You know, um, Scott Thomas did point out that Barkley is that type of player and that is the truth. And you're right, is Lynn, this is not a good conversation. Let's move on from this conversation then, actually. Let's talk about this. Someone who Christian McCaffrey will not hang out with is the guy in the parking lot who is willing to play for chicken wings. Christian McCaffrey will play with him, but he will not eat lunch with my man. Cody, tell me about this guy that is hanging around in the Carolina Panthers parking lot working for chicken wings. Yeah, so listen, instead of me telling you about him, uh, I'll let the man introduce himself and uh, this man is trying to become a Carolina Panther, but he's not necessarily doing it for the big contract that children grow up dreaming about. I'll let the man tell you. So why are you doing this? I just want a shot. I've been, I have a long football career and I'm ready for it to keep going. I'm ready to move on to the next level. What separates you from everybody else? Why you? Uh, just, I just feel like, I mean, then we talked about a little earlier. Uh, it takes a lot of humility to do something like this. Um, I know what it's like. I've been an underdog my entire football career. Um, I know what it's like to work hard. I know what it's like to be six string. I know what it's like to work from the bottom to the top. Uh, so I think that's what separates me. I'm willing to come out here and do what it takes, no matter what it takes. So if you can read that sign, it says, we'll pass rush for hot wings. Okay, this man is desperate. Either he's hungry, or this man just wants to play some damn football. Jordan uh, Harold is, is Jordan Harold is his name. And if he Yeah, Jordan Harold. Look at the sign. I like this. First of all, I don't know if he made it himself, but he definitely didn't get it like professionally printed, which I think is a good thing. Like so yeah. I'm hoping he wrote it himself. If not, his girlfriend did it for him or his sister, which is straight. 
like that personal. Yeah. But look at this on the left. He has his career right here. Mizzou walk in, walk on starter captain in three years. He's this right here is my man. This is a new age cover letter. He sent this to the Carolina Panthers, and he's like, "Look, I, I, hey, you know what? Is I wouldn't be surprised if the Panthers give somehow a tryout to him next year for this." Well, uh, so this is a, so just a little bit about him. I did some research about him. He's uh, uh, six foot two, two hundred and sixty pounds. Played defensive end for Missouri. He was a walk-on because originally he was at a Division II school, uh, Northwest Missouri uh, University, and he decided I wanted to be a Tiger, so he decided to quit the team, walked on to Missouri, playing in the SEC, started the next year, and then the next year after that, he was one of the captains on the football team. So this guy knows how to start from the bottom and work his way up, man. And it's one of those uh, started at the bottom. Now I'm here. Yeah, started at the bottom, man. Um, he is. Uh, I mean, a, a lot of people are pulling for him. Uh, when I found out about him, I, I found it on Reddit, and uh, uh, apparently, it yielded some results because I found this before the show, and apparently, the the Panthers have seen him. And they have taken his info, and they're looking at his tape, and it, all of his information has been sent to the scouting department for the Carolina Panthers. So, well, thank hey, you. there you go. Hey, he might, he might yet have a chance. All right. I, I like this. I like uh, I want to see next step in the evolution. First of all, we need to get Jordan Harold on the C3 Panthers podcast. That is what we got to be doing next we're gonna yeah. help jordan harold continue on his quest number two masim muhammad owner of buffalo wild wings give my man a sponsorship this is time <laughs> look is that you come in and you say i want to mentor this young man at the very least i'm going to take a guy who's got a lot of um you know grit to him a lot of tenacity and I'm going to give him a chance even in business within the Wild Wings organization. That's what I want to see. So here in the Stepping Stones to Success, the C3 Panthers podcast doing our little lily pad impression. To Masin Muhammad, support my man. To captain of industry and titan in NFL football, Jordan Harold. It all begins here on a Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Actually, it began with you and this sign. Kudos to you. And I like how this is that the Panthers, very responsive since Tepper took the reins. <laughs> very responsive. And... and- and hey, I agree with Legacy Lynn. You love an underdog story, someone that earned their way, that didn't have anything given to them, that you know decided to to go for it and, and reach for a dream. I mean, this guy's standing in front of a stadium holding a sign, wanting to be a Carolina Panther. I mean, it reeks of desperation, but hey, sometimes that's yeah. what you gotta do to be Tenacity. seen by the right people. 
One man's desperation is another man's tenacity. It's kind of like starting a podcast in 2013 and doing it every single Tuesday Uh, night at 9 p.m. all the way through 5-21-2019. It doesn't even matter if we're good. We refuse to quit, and sometimes that's enough right there. Thanks for your support in the chat room. Go ahead and smash that thumbs up button. Subscribe if you're listening. A call into the cat calls line. The number is 252-228-5098. Continuing on that discussion of Christian McCaffrey, I saw on Reddit, uh, CMC, this is posted by the football huddle on Reddit. CMC is one of the four running backs since 2010 with 1,000 rushing yards and 800 receiving yards in the same season. Those other guys... Matt Forte, Christian McCaffrey, David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell. So big names there. Um, So we've gotten through MVG, MVP, Chicken Wings. Oh, I guess we should say this. Uh, OTA started today. Yes, they did. What I used to call uh, in 2013 and 2014, when I was – I I think what what show I called him the off-season – workouts and joe goes i think they're organized team workouts so <laughs> it felt like the off season that season obviously but look organized team workouts i did see some guy in green bay is holding out wanting to be traded something jones like the fighter but panthers start today we I guess. I don't even know what the storylines would be. Jordan Rodriguez put up a story on uh, the Shaw Observer, and obviously it started with Cam Newton. Um, but where do you think the story... Where What are the Panthers going to do? Do we learn anything? I don't know. I don't even know how to respond to these activities opening up. What do we look at? What do we get excited about, Cody? Um, you get excited about hearing that none of your players broke their arm, mm. which, by the way, uh, man, we didn't talk about this before the show, Tony. Uh, apparently, Moe's Frazier, uh, they're saying that he went down at OTAs and, and broke his arm. Oh, yeah. And the, and, yeah, and the Panthers surgeon uh, is going to be operating on him. So, Well, uh, I mean, look, you look that. to Washington and Reuben Foster, a man that we're not used to, we're not unused to hearing his name when they're not playing football goes to the Washington Redskins after the scandal, the salation. And I believe he tore his ACL as well. Yeah. I mean, it's just unfortunate. Then there's even rumors about, uh, you know, Nick Bosa already pulled a hamstring. So I don't know. You, uh, you want your people to be healthy, but really you're not going to learn a lot about the formation of the team or the roster until training camp starts at Wofford. Um, uh, until then, I mean, right now, they're just trying to get guys loosened up, get them inundated into what we're trying to do and on, on offense and defense, and get them going through the motions. Um, and that's all you want from OTAs right now. Uh, a lot of players don't even show up to this. Um, sometimes they're mandatory. I know. I, I think these are mandatory, but I know Julio Jones didn't show up to the Falcons uh OTAs so yeah there's not a lot to learn right now but you're just seeing videos of your favorite players back on the field warming up that's pretty much it trying to find the uh here we go let's see no this would have been nice last year I read a Jordan Rodriguez story um 
about this. Started with Cam Newton. I think it parlayed into a little bit of Bradbury and um, Shaq and the contracts. But one story that comes out on the Panthers.com that we can overlay on this, there's a lot of questions around the safety position. Rashawn Galden showing up to the OTAs, excited, confident, um, and ready to prove himself. This, to me, is a place where we are. We need a guy to step into a role, and I hope we are pleasantly supply, surprised by Rashawn Galden. A lot of people giving up on him already, Cody. Yeah, and why would you? I mean, you you basically have a player that wasn't able to show you his full potential because we didn't really have a role for him last year. Captain Munderland was still on the football team. You know, Corn Elder is on the football team. There, there were players that were above him, and apparently he had some hesitance to change um, what he wanted to do, and he wasn't bought in to what the Carolina Panthers were wanting to do for him. Um, and apparently that's at nickel or at safety. And the Panthers are putting this out there because they intend on making Golden a much uh, more important player this season. We no longer have Denoris Cersei. We no longer have Mike Adams. We have to have all the depth that, that, that we're able to pick up. And you know, he's a young player uh, who has been spoken very highly of. He flipped off Alabama. So, hey, he's always been good in my book. Um, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see what the Panthers do with them. Um, it makes me think that they want Eric Reed uh, back there at uh, free safety playing the single high position and maybe put Rashawn in the box as a run stuffer. Um, if I had my guess, that's what I would envision them no doing with Rashawn. Totally right. against it. I think Eric Reed is, to me... He is a a not a prototypical strong safety, a insanely awesome specimen of a guy who could be a strong safety who has some coverage ability. I just don't see the quickness just yet. And man, you know what? I need to see more. I also need to see more before I completely yeah. write him off at free safety because what we saw was an Eric Reed who came into a foreign situation not on the best defense on the league at the time and stepped in there and was asked to do a lot. So I don't really know what Eric Reed, if I won't say, I don't think he can be a free safety is from what I see. He looks the part of a really dominant, strong safety. I hope that Galden is the answer for us somewhere. I don't know though. I'm wondering when we go to the three, four potentially where we're, changing the way where our defense looks my question for someone who is an x and o guru would be does this put a premium on that fifth corner or does it actually start to devalue that nickel corner position i'll be interested to see if the nickel corner continues to be uh, as important as it was because i feel like it may be. I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to ask somebody about that or we'll have to get Cody. What do you think is that? Yeah, I don't know how to, to gauge it, but I've heard we don't know what the nickel corner is going to be. It has been pivotal, pivotal in our system. Uh, we've heard people float this out. Do we see 
do cornerbacks are they going to be devalued in the three four or do they get even and, more value? And you know, it's also uh, our defensive backfield and how we're going to be coached this season. You know, uh, knowing that Ron Rivera took over the play calling, and then you saw some players start to play better down the stretch. Um, it looks like with the addition of Dante Jackson that we were going to move to a more man cover system, which is something that I've been calling for for a long time. I mean, these badass quarterbacks out there, like Mahomes and Wentz and Deshaun Watson, these young guys, they can shred zone coverage, you know, with ease. So, uh, you know, I don't necessarily know the exact makeup of our defensive backfield and how it'll look, but I, I really do hope that we're more aggressive and that we dare teams to throw the football, get after the quarterback, and, and let our defensive backs make plays on the football. And I'm hoping that that involves more man coverage. All right, so as we continue to talk about OTAs, you know, these organized team activities, I guess some of the questions that we continue to have. Go back to the offensive line, Cody. A lot of people excited yep. about uh, the additions that we've made, Matt Paradis, uh, the the young, the young, the big Greg Little, the not so little guy that is going to be handed the left tackle job. Continue to be stunned by how many people are calling for Moten to be moved inside as a guard. How is this possible? How do people believe that he truly is a guard when he had an exceptional season at right tackle last year? Yeah, and you know, apparently the Panthers like him a little bit of everywhere. Uh, they like him at tackle. They like him at guard. He's had some snaps there uh, in college. Uh, he's had some practice reps at guard. Um, I do know one thing, though. It, it does seem, and I want your opinion on this, uh, during training camp, that's the biggest battle to look out for is who is the right tackle for the Carolina Panthers because whoever the right tackle is, the other guy is going to probably be playing left guard. It's either going to be Taylor Moten at left guard and Daryl Williams at right tackle or vice versa, which is what I think is going to end up happening. Taylor Moten at right tackle and uh, Daryl Williams at left guard, which I, I think that could be a nasty offensive line. Really, really interesting. Yeah, I do. I'm with you on that. I believe Moten is the guy at right tackle. I will be interested to see. Um, how you hear this, you've heard in the past that guys shouldn't lose their job to injury. The idea of Daryl Williams potentially losing the starting position because of injury, as in being replaced by Taylor Moten. But I don't know if Daryl Williams had solidified it as much. I would be interested to see if Moten has to beat out Williams or Williams has to beat out Moten. I know that's a small thing, but there, that is a leg up, literally, there. And then, like you said, the answer is just at the other spot. If you don't make it at yeah. right tackle, you're our starting left guard. Very simple. Yeah, that's a good uh, like fall. Uh, I didn't get right tackle, but at least I'm still starting. Yeah, at least I'm still an offensive lineman for the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. Um, a starter, no, and not no a less. Junker. Listen, this is my opinion. I think right tackle is Taylor Moten's position to lose. I, I mean, I'm with, I, you. I think I'm with that, you 100%. Yeah. 100%. You heard it on the C3 Pages yeah. podcast. All right, Cody, let's go ahead and bring in our guest. We're bringing in Gene Thomas tonight.
Buck What You Heard podcast. He's a longtime friend of the show. He's here. We're going to be we're bringing in Gene tonight to talk a little Buccaneers offseason. Uh, they're in the headlines this tonight, today because they cut a franchise player, a long-term player, moved on to a bit another big-name defensive tackle. They signed Indomitian Sue today. So some news breaking with the Bucks coincided with our need to keep up with the division. Gene, good to have you back on the C3 Panthers podcast. All right. Hopefully you guys can hear me okay. Is my sound okay? Yeah. I'm good. Awesome. Hey, uh, I just want to start out by saying thank you guys for having me on. As as you know, we've you know been fa- friends for a long time. Big fan of the show. I, I have it on my rotation at work, and uh, I listen to you guys every week. So, awesome. you know, I'm really, uh, you know, appreciative of good content in the NFL. You're our dude. And, uh, you know, shout out to the uh, Carolina Panthers nation out there. All right. Are you still awesome. – tell us – I know you used to be at Super Heavyweight. Tell us your Twitter handle real quick for people that are listening. All right, it, it's at Buck What You Heard, which is a little bit easier. <laughs> so at Buck uh, What You Heard, the Buck best heard. podcast name on the internet. <laughs> Buck What You Heard, it is fantastic. I've been saying that since the first time I heard it. All right, Gene, we brought you on. You are a longtime friend of the show. You go back to when we started. So you know we love having you on, and we appreciate your insight. Tell us this: is re- where are you ultimately on the news from today? I hate to start out with a hot take-ish type story, but it is the storyline of the day. You guys have parted ways with a player that Buccaneer fans never loved in the first place who was the best player on their team for the last 10 years, it felt like. Gerald McCoy cut today, and Dominican Sue signed at the same moment. Where do you stand on this move? Uh statistically they are uh the production's about the same uh real if you as you look at it i mean uh and dominican sue they're like neck and neck as far as as far as that goes um it, it it was a move that had to happen uh for for a couple of reasons if we go back to uh gerald mccoy's career in tampa it just seems like he's never had the the help he's needed to uh, you know, on the line, he's always been that the the main the main motor on that on that team on that defensive line. Whenever they've had, uh, they brought players in and that just really didn't help him. He's and and a lot of people have tried to compare him to Warren Sapp, and I think that's a disservice to both of those players. He Gerald McCoy is a great player. He has been, and if you watch his game film and you watch away from the ball, which a lot of fans don't, they like to see what's going on near the ball near the quarterback. But uh, he does make he does make plays, or he he has made plays. So it came down to money. Uh, you uh, you're owing him thirteen million dollars, and uh, you can sign Indomitian Sue for ten. Uh, this allows you to sign your draft picks, and you can kind of move on with the uh, with with camp getting ready for the regular season. So you also though going back to this is that JP uh, JPP right. Uh, John, the Pope, defensive tackle. Yeah, Jason Pierre-Paul. Yeah, has uh, recently had a single-person car wreck. Tell us, uh, I heard that his status is questionable going into this season. So not only is there change just because of financial reasons, but some change there on probably the most effective pass rusher from your season last year right now dealing with what sounded like was a serious injury. 
Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it was a serious injury. They were potentially looking at surgery, but uh, he's opted, JPP has opted not to have surgery and uh, try to recover. And hopefully the Bucks will have his services around October, November. Uh, that's just kind of a loose guess. I guess as we get closer to that time, we'll get a better idea of what's going to happen. Um, the one thing that I will say, and you make a great point as far as him being a pass rusher, he was our first double-digit double sack person since uh, Simeon Rice. Uh, so that just tells you how long of a drought it's been to have uh, a good edge rusher. And when Michael Bennett was here, uh, Michael Bennett had dealt with injuries and there were some things that went on with him. And then he ended up going to Seattle and, you know, the rest is history. Um, the Buccaneers are going from a 4-3 defense to a 3-4 defense uh, with Todd Bowles coming in. Uh, to be very honest, I'm not sure how this is going to look, to be very honest. Oh, boy. Uh, you've got Vita Vea. We know you've how got you Vita feel. Vea, now you have. <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to be really interesting. Uh, you're going to see a lot more defensive backs. You're going to see a lot more linebackers on the field. And uh, it's just going to be a, a totally different look than than what you've been used to seeing from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in years past. They, you know, with them uh, working that three four in and uh, some nickels. So it's going to definitely be a different look for this defense. Uh, I would say, as far as productivity with Indomik and Sue coming in, uh, I don't know. I, I, again, it just depends on how everything falls. But you know, it, I'm I'm. I'm more excited to watch it and see what happens because honestly, I don't have a clue. I mean, what, what they're going to do, you know, when you totally switch over your scheme from one scheme to another, I know some people adjust to it easily and other ones don't. So uh, I don't know. Gene, let, let me uh, jump in and, and, and put this to you, you know, well, first off, I've always had a soft spot for Gerald McCoy because he's a nerd like me. I mean, the dude has life-size Batman figurines. I mean, he's he's a child at heart, you know. And you know, Cam Newton is very much the same way. So I've always appreciated uh, uh, the the inner nerd in him. Must nerds stick together? But now that he's not right. on, now that he's not on your defensive line, you know, how is that Tampa defensive line looking now that J, uh, JPP is, uh, has had his thing go on? And now that you're losing someone that's been such a fixture on that defensive line, uh, you just uh, drafted a brand-new middle linebacker. Now that you're going to a 3-4, are you confident that you at least have enough enough pieces to be able to put together a consistent pass rush in the NFC South? Uh, This is going to be really interesting, and and I know I keep using that word. Because a lot of questions are out there. Was the coaching that bad or was the player personnel that bad to where you had two five-win seasons in a row? I believe that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have the talent on this team. Uh, You have to play people where their strengths are. And, uh, you know, like, for instance, uh, you you look at a Noah Spence, a guy who was totally forgotten last year, but who showed flashes when he was healthy for this team. And, and I feel like this is a guy that he has a chance to uh, reemerge and, and, you know, do some things. Uh, another guy, Carl Nassib, who the Tampa Bay Buccaneers picked up and he was very productive. And I'm sure you guys got to see some of that uh, when he did face the Carolina Panthers, he was very productive and yeah. uh, getting pressure on the quarterback. So 
there are some players out there that are going to get the opportunity to step up. Uh, I like Todd Bowles. I always have liked Todd Bowles. When he was in uh, Arizona, I thought he did a good job with the talent that he had, getting players, getting the best out of players in the best position that they where they can play the to their strengths, I guess is what I want to say. And um, yeah. I really believe that the, we have a competent coaching staff. I think the Bucks have the largest coaching staff in the NFL because what they're doing. Hold on. It froze up on us. Yeah. Uh, let let me see if uh, you're there, Jim. I saw a movement. Yeah, I'm here. Okay, you froze up for a second. It's fine. You're back on, now. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, so the, the camp this year is going to be You were saying no, that ahead. you have the biggest coaching staff in the NFL? Yeah, because they're going to have two different two different practices going on. So everybody is going to get playing time. Everybody's going to get looked at. And that's something that the Bucks didn't have last year. There are guys that didn't get reps. And I think what Bruce Arians is trying to do is trying to make sure that who he's seeing, he's seeing everybody and, and everybody's getting an opportunity to show what they can do. So it, it's going to be interesting. If you keep an eye on uh, Greg Almond is a great person to follow. If you're not following him, if you want to get Bucks news, uh, he's like one of my favorites as far as uh, the person that covers uh, Jenna Lane. Uh, from ESPN is another one that's a great uh, person to follow as far as the Bucks, And they will be at camp where you can kind of get an idea of what I'm talking about here. So, again, imagine I Imagine being a reporter. Imagine being the reporter that has to cover the dang practice that's got two practices going on at the same time. Yeah. You're going to it's your boss. Crazy. You're going to your boss, and they're going, how come you didn't get a story out on the offense today? And you're like... Damn it, boss. There's two freaking teams out here. There's two teams. I don't know how you're going to do that. I hope that, you know, and I, I would, if I would like Cody, wouldn't you go home saying I have the biggest staff in the NFL? That's what I would go home and saying every day. Oh, yeah. I mean, hey, if, if you got it, flaunt it, right? I mean, shit, come on. Yeah. Hey, if yours is the biggest, it's just the biggest, and that's a fact. The only reason I say that is because you don't have players standing around. Everybody's working out. Everybody is involved yeah. in camp. And I, I, I like that concept because you never know if you're missing out on somebody. And it yeah. takes an injury sometimes to realize, oh, this guy is good, and let's get him out here and get him some playing time. So... Um, I'm actually looking forward to this camp. Let me ask you, Cody, let me jump in. I wanted to interrupt one second. Is that uh, Underground West said this, is before we get deeper into the football thing, any thoughts on playing the uh, Panthers in London and playing us twice before like week seven? Um, I'm actually going to be at that game in London. So Shut up. um, I'm really excited. Yeah. Yeah. um, My my stepdaughter lives in uh, Birmingham. So I'm gonna catch the I'm gonna catch the train and uh catch the train into London and, and check out the game. Nice man. That's some have fun. That ought to be incredible. Mike's to you, Cody. <laughs> yeah, so Jane, you know, I remember when you were on our show last year before the start of last season, and Jameis had debt to serve that three game suspension, and then Fitzmagic turned on and, and he was a 
a great quarterback for three whole games, but now you have the quarterback whisperer as your head coach. And I remember last year, you know, you, we were talking with you about, is it time to move on from the number one pick in the 2015 draft? Is Jameis the player that, that you're hoping that, you know, the number one draft pick turns out to be? How confident are you about Jameis Winston now that uh, Bruce Arians is the new head coach um, of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? He's a well-respected veteran uh, amongst NFL circles. Uh, he's fantastic around a quarterback. Are you hopeful that this is the year that Jameis finally lives up to the potential that everyone saw in him when he was at Florida State? You know, that's is interesting you say that. I'm going to carry this back to what I was talking about before. I, I really believe that the coaching was very, I want to say subpar, but uh, they fired the defensive coordinator in the, in the in the middle of the season, if that tells you anything. And then the head coach was gone, uh, you know, after the season. I think, as you mentioned about Bruce Arians, he is a good coach. I mean, you saw what he did with subpar quarterbacks in Arizona. I, I really believe that, you know, with this guy having that much confidence in Jameis Winston, where our previous head coach did not, uh, I think you're going to see something a little bit different. And again, Bruce Arians plays players to their strengths and not their weaknesses. So I think he's going to set Jameis up to succeed, and it's going to be all up to Jameis to go in there and, and make it happen. Do you believe in him? Do, do you feel? Yeah, it, what, I, it, I, I really do. Okay, go ahead. Expand on that. Uh I can go back to I can, I can go back to 2012, and there have been quarterbacks that have come out on the field in the fourth back. quarter. That's a long time. Ago and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to get I'm going to get to where I'm going real quick. Too. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm, I'm going to get where I'm going real quick. So the defense the defense for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers has been a liability for a long time. They have not been able to stop opponents in the fourth quarter. They have not been able to protect leads. And that's just been the way it's been. I realize that Jameis Winston has had turnovers and stuff like that. But if you look at a lot of his games, he's kept the Bucks in games in the late quarters and they just haven't been able to sustain that lead. So I believe that, you know, when you've got a, a head coach that can come in here and he's competent, uh, you can get the running game going. Uh, you look at their wide receiver core, uh, Chris Godwin. If you're not familiar with him, you will be. Uh, along with Mike Evans, and uh, you have O.J. Howard and Cameron Braid is coming back off injury, uh, to name a few guys. And I just I believe that uh, you have enough uh, weapons here that Jameis Winston can be successful with this team. Ken D. in the chat room asked this, and I think it's a good question. Who the heck you guys got at running back? Uh, Peyton Barber. Peyton Barber. Peyton Barber, and then bit. you've got Ronald about that and then segue you know, back Bar into the draft. What did you guys do? Where okay. do you guys stand at running back? And then let's go into the offseason, what the Bucks did to get better. We've heard a lot about their coaching staff. So let's start with that running attack, setting that up, and then move on. Okay. Uh, Peyton Barber was the, is the running – he was the running back last year. He will be the guy that uh, – it will be his job to lose this year. Uh, Peyton Barber ended up with 800 and I believe 859 yards. And keep in mind, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were not committed to the run. Uh, there was a game against the Carolina Panthers where the Panthers were behind 
and they came back because they couldn't establish a running game. The Bucks could not establish a running game all year to hold a com- comfortable lead and run out the clock. Uh, Peyton Barber is a good quarter, uh, good running back, and uh, I think if you put him, set him up in the right position, right place, I think that uh, he's going to surprise a lot of people this year, especially. Let's move on to the draft and ask you this: Is what did you guys do to get better uh, this offseason? We we saw a move today when it comes to McCoy changing out the guard a little bit for a a more temporary fix that could be lateral move um, potentially. But what did you guys target in the draft and this offseason to get better, Gene? Um, I, I really like the the move. the The Bucks uh, went out and they got a bunch of they they got a bunch of cornerbacks and I know that over the past what since 2016 the Bucks have like 20, nine cornerbacks or nine thousand of them 20... <laughs> well this is the one thing that I I this is the only thing I can really think of is that you're you're getting these these cornerbacks because Bruce Arians wants his guys in there and he was very integral in the in the draft this year uh, the the big name that the Bucks came away with was Devin White, the linebacker, to replace Aquan Alexander, and um, I'm real happy with that move. I wasn't at first. I wanted I wanted D line help. I was more interested in what the Bucks were going to do with D line, but at this point, at this point, that's a moot point now because of you know what they've done. So basically, you know, going out and getting a Devin White, who's a linebacker that can cover and. Uh, I would consider him an upgrade over Quan Alexander just based on his ceiling right now. Wow. Do you any any disappointment that I'm going to Cody, you get the next question after this. Any in any world where you slightly I know that everybody is backed Devin White, back Devin White. There was no question that he was going to be the draft pick. But as that board unfolded, now that you know JPP has hurt his neck to a certain is, is is there any kind of secret remorse that you didn't get Josh Allen or is it Josh I, Allen, John Allen, one of the, whatever that guy was, that's Josh, also Josh, that everybody. Yeah, loves. He's playing for Jacksonville right now. Yeah. Um, personally, no. Uh, you know, when, when I've had a check, I was mad at first. I'm going to be very honest. First night I was, I was mad. I wanted a defensive tackle and, and I just did. I wanted somebody on the line. Uh, we can all agree, you know, watching the playoffs, watching the wild card last year, watching the Super Bowl, how important winning in the trenches is. And yes. we know that in the NFL is a copycat league. And the Buccaneers had uh, – there are some talented players out there, and I felt like the Bucks could have uh, improved on the defensive line. But, again, you know, you look at what they have now, and that's kind of a moot point. But I think that uh, which, with Devin White being able to cover – and uh, also being able to attack the quarterback and tackle. I think he's a more well-rounded linebacker and uh, less of a liability, especially uh, in coverage. So I'm, I'm real happy with the move, you know, uh, hindsight. And uh, you know, again, I, you know, losing a Kendall Beckwith uh, whose injury in a car accident last year, he's still uh, physically unable to perform. So, you know, they've gone out and they've gotten some players in free agency and and made some moves to uh, try to strengthen this defense. But I think what it's all going to come down to is uh, the Buccaneers playing as a team and, you know, both sides of the ball, four quarters of football. 
Well, Gene, I can tell you this. I scouted a ton of players uh, writing for DraftTech.com for the Panthers. And, man, I think Devin White, he has the potential to be an incredible linebacker. And, you know, in today's NFL, we as Panther fans know the importance of how dominant an inside linebacker is because I'm we still, have basically running around on the field. But I'm man, still mad Luke Keekly is not a Buccaneer. Yeah, man. Listen, that that middle linebacker position is incredibly important. And when you have a guy that can call out the plays and and make all the the tackles, man, that that is such a linchpin to your defense. It's so incredibly important. He's a raw player because he hasn't been playing linebacker very long. He started as a fullback and then he converted to linebacker at LSU. So you know he might have some growing pains. Um, but man, once he really puts his nose in the book, I mean, he has the potential to be a fantastic linebacker. I had him ranked higher than Roquan Smith coming out the year before. So y'all definitely got a good player, man. Now, is he somebody, I'm going to ask you this, just kind of, you know, yeah. kind of flip the question here. Would you, would if he were available and the Panthers had a chance to get him, do you, would you be mad if they had gone after him? You know, Tony and I talked about this uh, a few weeks before the draft. Now that Thomas Davis has left the team, man, putting him next to Luke Kickley and letting him learn from a player like number 59, I mean, that that would be a perfect scenario. Imagine running the football on those two. I mean, that would be a nightmare (laughs) duo. Now, middle linebacker wasn't the biggest uh, issue for the Panthers to have to address. So while I might not have been happy with the pick, I would not have been uh, unhappy with the player that Devin White has the potential to be, and especially if you added him to our linebacker core. So, yeah, I'm 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 very I'm I'm a fan of him. I think he'll be better than Quan Alexander was for Tampa. I really yeah, do. And, and we and we can both agree. And I know a lot of people were upset when he ended up going to. Uh, San Francisco, but I felt like San Francisco overpaid for him. Uh, again, here's here's a here's a guy that he and and again that's just his style where he liked to freelance. Uh, yeah. He was out of position a lot of times, and he again, as I mentioned before, he was a liability in in coverage. So, uh, and there were games against the Panthers where you, you they, he, he was exploited uh, badly, you know, just because of that. Yeah. Guys, we've got uh, Joe Riolano in the house, I believe. Joe, are you Joe, there? Joe, what's happening? What's up, guys? Heck yeah. Gee, it's good to see you, buddy. It's been a long time. Happy New Year. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, my man. This is the kind of friends we are. We are uh, five months late, but we're still great friends. Joe, man, uh, it's good to hear your voice. Glad to have you on the show. Topic right now is Bucks and the Bucks offseason. You can go ahead, Joe. Any thoughts on the day? Sue, you sent me the message that Sue had been signed. What are your questions or thoughts when it comes to division rival Bucks? Gene on the podcast with us. Well, you know, um, Sue has bounced around the league here for the last couple of years and never seemed to be able to find a home once he left Detroit. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, it looks good on paper, but I, <laughs> it's so inconsistent. I mean, madly inconsistent. Um, 
Gene, you may have gone over this already, but um, why let go of McCoy? Was it a money issue? It was definitely a money issue. Uh, you you owed uh, Joe McCoy thirteen million dollars. You can sign and Dominican Sue at ten, and uh, you can sign all of your draft picks. So you only saved you can three kind of million dollars. You're gonna introduce a guy into the team who on a one year deal, uh, and only saved three million dollars, and then you're gonna uh, is and with the reputation yeah, a, of being a dirty player. It's a rental, and and you look at yeah. uh, you look at the projection for the draft next year. Uh, there are going to be some really really good players, especially out of Alabama. And uh, again, it, it it works for right now. Uh, and the Bucks roster is fluid, so you may see more changes. You know, moving forward, uh, somebody may emerge that you know unseats him, like we saw with Carl Nassib last year, where nobody expected Carl Nassib to be where he is. And now he's uh, he's got quite a important place with the uh, on this Bucks defense. So what does uh, McCoy have again, left? That's one of the things we're sitting here thinking about Sue uh, to the Bucks because that's naturally what's happened. A player has come, but one player uh, who has been relatively healthy and productive throughout his career, I would say, arguably very consistent, just a consistent player up the middle, the best player on that, on a defensive line with nothing. What does McCoy have left? Where do you, what do you see him offering to another team? Um, I think he can offer experience. And I think if you put him in the right position next to the right player, I think he can definitely, he still has a, a couple of years, three years more, you know, to left in him that I think that he can play at, at, at that level where he can, you know, help a team to, uh, to get to a Super Bowl or a playoffs, uh, I could see him playing for a, a Colts team or, you know, God forbid, a, a New Orleans Saints team. But uh, uh, there, are, there are some teams. Yeah, there are just some teams out there that um, I think that Joe McCoy would be a good fit, where he could come in and he's a he's a consummate professional veteran. I think that you're you've got a plug and play guy if you can you can bring him in and. Uh, get him signed. I think that you've got a guy that you can plug into your defense and it, it, it immediately makes it better than what it was. Joe, no room on the saints for Gerald McCoy. They signed Wes Horton today. Oh, wow. Yeah. No room. On, that's right. Maybe he can come to Carolina and rotate along the defensive front. Joe, what do you think yeah, about he's that? A, he's, How would a McCoy fit in a three? I mean, he could be, to me, he seems like, and this is where I think it's kind of strange, is that he looks like a defensive end in a 3-4 system. Oh, yeah, totally. He definitely would be. Um, yeah, he's, he's an amazing three-technique guy. I don't think he fit us, but that's where he would play. He's the, he's the guy that all of – you wanted that athletic defensive tackle before – I think he was, he's like, uh, I mean, he's what we, you know, I guess Aaron Donald has become what we had hoped so many of these guys would be. And McCoy doesn't look like a defensive tackle. That's the thing to me is McCoy looks to me like a defensive end. And to me, I think he fits perfectly on a 3-4 system. And that's where the strange thing comes in here, Gene. 
you guys are transitioning to a 3-4. I guess you needed somebody that was a little bit bigger. I feel like Sue's a natural space eater. McCoy seems like the leaner guy may not have get, gotten to the quarterback as much as you wished. Yeah. Uh, again, and, and this, this not to not to pick at wounds for some of the fans, if there are Bucks fans out there listening, but there were so many times I've watched game film on Gerald McCoy away from the ball where he's making plays. Uh, he's drawing these double teams. And there are other times that you didn't see that from him. So, um, you know, he he's over 30. And uh, again, 31, I, I think he's, he he's working He went up a year great. with Sue. Sue's a year older. Yeah. These so, guys, by the again, way, are all younger than all of us. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking football years. You know, like you, you talk about dog years, that kind yeah. of thing. All so. right. <laughs> Joe, but, um, <laughs> Joey, let me ask you this. is What is, from afar, from the outside looking in at the Bucks, and all I've seen throughout Gerald McCoy's nine seasons – is a player who they didn't like. The fans never liked Gerald McCoy as a person or something. Something was he never he just never reached that expectation. Maybe they set the I can tell you what it is. My question to you, Joey, and then I'll go to Cody and then I'll let uh Gene give us the answer. But who's that guy for the Carolina Panthers in the history of the team? the player who is played better than we thought of them. Who is that guy when it comes to the Carolina Panthers and their history? I'm trying to think for me, I think it's Charles Johnson is close to it, but I feel like he was in deer. He's still Panther yeah, fans still I mean, embrace the fans, the fans him. love that guy. They do love him, but for a long time they gave him the giant, the super big money tag. Over, yeah. I'm trying to think who is the player. Is it D'Angelo now? Because we hate his ass, like we hate his personality. Oh, we definitely hate him. Yeah, we just yeah, hate him as a person. He's just like you a, hate D'Angelo. Hold on, why would you hate D'Angelo? Oh, so let me tell you why, man. I'll tell you. All D'Angelo Williams does is talk shit about the Panthers now, man. I mean, he's on record all the time. Just whenever he has an opportunity to take a jab at the organization or uh, coaches and players and stuff like that, he just he never skips a beat. He never man. had anything to do with his play. Like his, the reason, the, right. the time that right. people stopped liking D'Angelo Williams was when they got to know him. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah, the yeah, thing. I promise wow. you is that when they got to know D'Angelo Williams as the person, it's not even that he's a bad dude. It's not like, it's, it's not like he punched his, his wife or his girlfriend on camera or something. It's not like any of that. It's just like, God, it's kind of the kid. It's like being around a fifth grade kid making stupid fart jokes. And you're like, man, nobody's laughing. Or the know-it-all. Or the, the class know-it-all. Yeah. It Everybody is, hates the class he's know-it-all. just irritating. 
Joey, is there another name that you got other than, to me, it's D'Angelo Williams. Well, I was going to say Charles Johnson because of maybe his play, but I, I don't think I'm right because we loved him as a player. Who is the yeah. ulti- the perennial underrated Panther? Perennial maybe, underrated maybe going, Panther. Maybe going back, and maybe it would be Kevin Green. Really? No. Yeah. Really? You know, no, he played at Pittsburgh, then he came here, played a couple years here. I know we didn't like him, but then, you know, he went out to San Francisco and left his high drive. chat room's got to say? Who is the perennial over underrated player when it comes to the Carolina Panthers? I know mine, and mine's a, mine's a more recent one. Uh, I think it's Trey Turner. I think Trey Turner is an incredibly underrated player. And I really do think that uh, in 2017, when uh, Daryl Williams was supposedly a top-rated pro football-focused right tackle in the NFL, man, Trey Turner helped out a lot in that scenario, man. A a lot of our division rivals were killing Daryl Williams with his inside moves, and and Trey Turner would always be there to pick up the slack. And, And there's a reason that we paid them. That's a very important position on our offensive line. And, uh, you know, you'll remember a game where Fletcher Cox just beats his ass because that's oh, yeah. Fletcher Cox. But other than that, man, Trey Turner has really been uh, a very uh, important piece of our offense that helps us be able to do all the things that we have to do, run the football and protect Cam it, Newton. It has to be an offensive lineman. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. It has to be – Whoever you guys are talking about, it has to be an offensive lineman. I can't wait. Uh, I, I look it. at some of the shots. Fire Bell. Is that what? Byron Bell. No. Byron Bell, no. He's, the, he's most despised, one of the most despised Panthers until Matt Khalil got here. Um, how about this? You got to add Matt. One, it's one of those guys because it, it has to be. It just has to be offensive lineman. The, your defense, your defense always plays up. Uh, running back, I could, I could understand, I can understand your picket. Uh, I can't think of like, what. Who's the the guy we we're just talking about? Williams. Um, D'Angelo. Yeah, yeah Williams. Right. If it's not D'Angelo Williams, it has to be offensive lineman. How about this? Lynn said, "Legacy Lynn, who is the ni- one of the nicest people you'll find on the planet." Called D'Angelo Williams slime in the chat room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like you ain't gonna. I, here's my. All right, I got the name, Joe. I got the name. Okay, Chris Jenkins. Yeah. He was. He was. Um, and, and I don't think. See, the problem is, is that Panther fans are nice, so we don't trash yeah. anyone exactly. who's just yeah, even yeah. okay. So. It's kind of hard to say perennial underrated when we're chilling, cheering and celebrating every damn player like the next Hall of Famer. So I felt like we loved Chris Jenkins when he was here, but boy, did he go on to be... He was like the Aaron Donald of 2004, 2002. Yeah, wow. You know what I'm saying? Chris Jenkins went on to the Jets and became essentially the best defensive tackle in the league. Did struggle with yeah. injury. Pretty interesting. All right, so um, I do want to jump in and say one more, uh, one more person. Uh, this past draft, 
is the first time that we have made a genuine attempt to get Cam Newton a franchise left tackle since Jordan Gross. Well, yeah, was which Cam was before Newton Cam tackle. Newton. Yeah, yeah. So, that, but, but but that's what I'm saying though. Before Cam Newton and during uh uh you know during the first two years of Cam Newton's career, man, Jordan Gross was such an underrated left tackle, and we haven't been able to replace him since. So that should kind of speak for itself, in my opinion. Aldi yeah, says, says John Casey. That's what I was thinking, too. So good. So good. Was such a great Panther. But you know what I got a problem with? It went and kicked for the Saints. Yeah, yeah then that, that happened. I got and he blew the kickoff in the Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah, and I am not willing to argue that it's John it, it's John Fox's fault that he went for it two times and we didn't get it. Is that you cannot kick it out of bounds, dude? When we were right. you only got one job. You only have one <sighs> job in the NFL. He choked. He did choke I'm pretty sure he's UGA guy too. <laughs> University of Georgia, man, my family. I bought into it. All right, so Gene, uh, final thoughts on actually this. We've talked about Devin White. We've talked about the McCoy stuff. What you guys do? Uh, what's what's your un what's what's a move that none of us are paying attention to that you liked or thought was necessary for your team this offseason? Um, let's see. I felt like they had to really fix the cornerback position uh, just considering how bad the secondary has been all these years. Uh, I think that was, that was something that, that needed to be done. Does Miko and, still uh, fuck with y'all? I, uh, you know what? I, I actually, <laughs> <messaged her. laughs> you know, they, they've kind of disappeared in, in just, I guess basically disappeared. Uh, I don't know. Other than Shaq, um, Sha- Shaquille Barrett. I think there's a name that you're going to really want to pay attention to uh, as far as linebacker goes. Um, picking him up in the offseason from Denver, uh, I thought that was a good move and definitely uh, helped this team. If he has a monster season, then the Bucks are going to have trouble with him and Carl Nassib trying to re-sign him next year. But uh, I think for linebacker, the linebacker core – I think they've uh, they've upgraded in a lot of positions in line, the linebacker core. So I'm really excited to see what uh, what this defense is going to look like uh, once they roll everything out. Right. Gene, before you go, before you go, can I uh, tell you one of my favorite picks of your draft that I think is really underrated? Jamel Dean, the cornerback out of Auburn, the third round pick. Let me tell you, man, he has to put it together. But he has all the physical tools and traits to be a shutdown corner in the NFL. He's long. He's a big guy. He's fast. He has to put it together, and he's going to need some work. But a lot of teams were really high on him after the combine. And, I mean, that could be a, a corner that you guys haven't had in a long time to really, really stir some things up. So I, I would say look out for him as well, man. Yeah, most definitely. Um, he's a he's a guy that uh, when you looked at the draft and all the cornerbacks that were picked, I know that Bruce Arians had a lot to do with the uh, with the player personnel. He's a great talent evaluator, from what I remember from him at the uh, Arizona Cardinals, 
And I, I felt like he had more emphasis on this draft. And, uh, you know, these are guys that he wanted to try to make this team better. Uh, yep. So basically all of your all of your veterans that are on this team are served notice. You got to go out there and play or you're going to be gone. So um, there it it's is. going to be interesting to see at the end of camp who stays and who goes. And just remember the Bucks camp or the Bucks roster is fluid. And you're definitely going to still continue to see changes going into the first game of the season. All right, Gene, tell them how they can find you on social media and your podcast, Buck What You Heard. Okay, you can reach me at uh, you can reach me at Buck What You Heard. Uh, you follow me, I'll follow you back. You know, I I love talking football. Or you can reach me at Buck What You Heard, twenty one point nine beers per carry. And um, you follow me. I'm serious. <laughs> I I will follow you back. It doesn't matter what team you're you're for, unless it's Atlanta. I will tell you this, the greatest line in football history has to be whatever that running back said, if you need four, I'll get you three. If you need two, I'll get you three. <laughs> like, I'll get you right. three beers. That's what I will say. Gene, thanks a lot, man, for joining the show. We appreciate it. All right, and shout out to the, again to uh, Panthers Nation. Uh, you know, football is supposed to be fun. We're a family and microcosm of the rest of the world, and I really enjoy talking with people about different teams. So don't don't be a stranger. If if you follow me, I definitely will follow you back because you know I do I do love I miss football and I'm ready for it to start right now. You know he does Amen. because he's still coming on the show six years later. That's Gene Thomas. You can follow him at Buck What You Heard. Let's keep plowing through with the content, hey, guys. Gene. Thanks a lot, hey. Gene. Um, Joe, what we got here is this, is we've talked to pretty much about everything when it comes to, I'm trying to think, I looked at my notes. I got, what are, is there anything on your mind about this team? At this point, OTA start, um, oh, I guess here, let's, let's, we'll, we'll kind of turn around the league and, uh, talk a couple of things. I saw this, um, NFL.com. Guess who didn't show up for Raiders OTAs? Antonio, Antonio Brown. Brown. Not there. He is in peak physical shape. Physical. We don't know about his mental fitness, but Derek Carr not really going out of his way to dispel the discussion about him as a player and a team guy, does he, Joey? No, um, I heard he was back in Pittsburgh because he had a court case. That's what I heard. Um, I don't know how true that is, but that's what they said. Yeah. Other news in the league, Cody, is uh, the Bosa dude already. San Francisco may have hurt feelings, but he's got a hurt hamstring. Yeah, I have not seen oh, the, uh, the extent of the injury. Uh, but, yeah, man, something about the Bosa boys, man. Even uh, Oh, Joey they do Bosa have bad hammies, don't they? Yeah, man, they uh, hamstring. And then they had a the quad injury that made them miss the season at Ohio State. That's why he dropped out. Or not dropped out, but he basically said, I'm preparing for the draft now and uh, recovered from a core injury. So yeah, man, it would it would suck because everyone's saying San Francisco, you know, they're the team on the up and up, and they got mm-hmm. Garoppolo and a million players on the defensive line that they should be able to roll with. Um, 
So yeah, using losing the second pick in the draft, that's gotta suck. Um, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. And losing Ruben Foster too. Yeah, yeah. and I think more people are probably happier about Ruben uh, getting injured than uh than Nick because of uh things surrounding his past. Not but, me. No. Not me. Is I think. Ruben Foster's victim of circumstance in a lot of cases is that his girlfriend went crazy as and threw the beat my he beat me at him twice and the whole world chastised him for the you know and then I so I don't know I don't, yeah, but I don't know Ruben Foster as a human being other than I do I know he had that issue with the dog or something maybe that at was a certain a t- point when you know that hoe is crazy, you gotta leave her alone, man. That's his fault for continuing to mess with her, man. You have to stay away from these crazy women. Not all women, but some of these women are crazy, man. And if you don't stay away from the bad ones, they'll take an opportunity to ruin a man. So I don't feel too bad for him if he didn't have enough hindsight. What do you guys think me. about this? Ben Roethlisberger in in-depth review on NFL.com. Uh, in-depth interview with Bob Pompano Pompany from a CBS affiliate in Pittsburgh. He said this quote, I'll start. I'm just reading it. So I have no idea what the tone is, but he did. This is quote. I'll start by saying you're right. A B made me who I am. He was the greatest wide receiver I ever played with. And the things that he did in this late league and we did together are among the best of all time. You're talking about Joe Montana and Rice, Aikman and Irvin, some of those great names to be mentioned with those same names is so humbling. Thankful for the relationship we had and playing together. And you're right, there were some great things, and then all of a sudden it just kind of disappeared. I'm not surely where it sure where it went. What do you guys think about Ben Roethlisberger damage control here? What now? I don't. What is this? I don't know how to even interpret this. I thought Roethlisberger would be dark on this subject, trying to come out the bigger man, maybe. Yeah, I think he is trying to earn some. Uh, um, my my He's trying to come out as the better man, yes. He's trying to win some points with people saying, I don't know where it came from. I've tried to talk to him. I've called him. I've texted him. I've emailed him. And he's never responded. And um, saying, you know, he, he's, he can't focus on it anymore. He's got to take the guys who are there and work with them to, you know, meet expectations that he didn't have time to worry about Brown anymore. He did everything he could, and he's putting it on Brown. Strange, Cody, though, that he goes and says, he made me who I am when he's won two Super Bowls. I don't even know if Brown has won any. The problem is, though, is now it seems very disingenuous I mean, it's all after the fact. Now you want to say, oh, yeah, I should have done things better. Well, you know what, man? I mean, you should have said that to him. You should have said it when he was a teammate on your football team. 
Um, I don't know. And now it, it doesn't it doesn't do anything for him because people have already formed their opinion of Antonio Brown. If you think that he's a diva who's all in it for himself, or you believe kind of how I do, is that Ben Roethlisberger is a douchebag that treats all of his teammates like trash. So I don't know. I've always held that opinion about Ben Roethlisberger. Can I don't we know not he, have uh, both? Can we not believe both? I, absolutely. That's where I kind of am at this point. I've been trying. Was I've been the biggest supporter of Le'Veon Bell. I gave Antonio Brown the benefit of the doubt, but Le'Veon Bell and his auto tune rap video just totally turned me off completely. <laughs> and uh, the fact that uh, is that like these guys, it's kind of. You know, I felt, and I'm not going to be a Game of Thrones discussion show because I haven't caught close to the end. I'm still, I just, fin- I'm finishing season five tonight after the show, probably. But Cody, one of the things I think is admirable about shows is when they call it a quit, bef- call it quits before the storyline runs up, before the characters the get stale. stale. I kind of felt like somebody told me, you know, this is how The Walking Dead became to me. My friend said, you got to go back to The Walking Dead. It came back. It made a resurgence. It's back. It's good again. You know, you can only be so great in the minds and hearts of people. The more you put yourself out there, the less we like you. It's kind of like D'Angelo Williams. Once we got to know you, we dislike you. I'm starting to feel that way about Antonio Brown and maybe even auto-tune Le'Veon. Yeah, I, I mean, just so much drama, man. People just putting themselves out there for the sake of boosting their celebrity. That's why I said earlier, I don't want any other running back right now other than Christian McCaffrey. That level of physical dedication and, and, and honing your craft mixed with his athleticism, man, it's none of the drama and the BS. That's a guy who's putting his nose down. He wants to go and whoop some ass. With Carolina, with the Carolina Panthers and Cam Newton. So I'm just, I'm, times like these make me thankful that our locker room isn't a bunch of divas looking out for their own selves and their own personalities. Brock Morgan in the YouTube chat says, no spoilers. I've been dying to start a Twitter handle called Game of Thrones Spoilers and just be five seasons behind everybody. Like, because I'm like, I watched this, I watched the end of season three. I think it was three. No, yeah, uh, maybe four, where the guy, somebody's head gets squashed like a pineapple. It gets erupted. And I'm sitting here watching this like crazy, like, oh my goodness. And then I want to tweet about it or say something. I go, man, the internet. They don't care about what happened four years ago. I want to be old hot takes or old spoiler, old Game of Thrones spoiler. Speaking of drama, though, Cody, Joey, Joey, let me say this is Cody was a big advocate of ripping the Band-Aid off, get rid of the GM, get a new head coach, moving on. But as you look to what's going on, with crazy eye Adam Gase and the New York Jets. Oh my God. That's a freaking circus. What is, how did they go from being a poor, like Todd Bowles is the only guy that looks sane coming out of there and he's the dude they have fun. Yeah. yeah. 
Maybe that's why he wasn't so upset about losing. Um, they can't know, get man. out of their that's own the way, can they, Joey? No, they can. And it's, it's so strange. Um, got rid of one guy, and then you bring the coach in, and you give him his job. But, I, from what I heard, they're looking for a replacement for Gase as GM. And who want to bring somebody else into BGM? It's a strange relationship to have to where uh, we we had a guest on the show, and uh, we'll have to go back through the archives to pull out the footage, but the idea of... Isn't it kind of bizarre to bring... You just hire a new head coach? The guy that hired him, you fire him, and now you bring in a new boss? How can you... like? How can Gase not be the boss? It seems know, at this that's point what, that's what, you're just bringing in a, a puppet guy or you can't believe that you believe in the GM more than Gase when you did this. Right. Exactly right. And I, I don't know if there was a problem between Gase and the GM, you know, I don't know if they had an issue or what, but it, it seems very strange. The whole, the whole way, the way everything went down. Listen to this. As Lynn just said, she saw a tweet that the Giants fans were all excited about the announcement that New York GM fired. Then they realized it was the Jets, not the Giants. <laughs> they were happy. They thought it was gentlemen. Yeah, that's awesome. That is freaking hilarious. Hey, I'm start. I mean, I don't want to be overcritical of Gettleman because I feel like I term. I used to have vote for Gettleman for president, and that's how how much I bought into it and believed it. There's some questionable things there, but it just, there's less and le- there's more question than not, it seems like, each and every moment. And it almost seems that the Odell Beckham Jr. is the, like the least strange uh, thing out of all of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, out of all of that, we should be, that should be the irate, crazy move. But that's like the least perplexing move out of all the perplexing moves. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and drafting a quarterback with the sixth pick that probably was a third round talent at best. Uh, I, I mean, you, you, they drafted a quarterback because he had a good quarterback coach that was tied to Peyton and Eli Manning. So, yeah, yeah it's getting see, pretty hard. To did you see the picture today that came out? And who was the guy that posted it? I saw someone post it, and they go, yeah, that is a real picture. Jeff Schwartz retweeted it, and it was a picture of Eli and Daniel Jones standing beside each other, and they look like the exact same human being. (laughs) I mean, the exact same. I almost thought it was Photoshopped. Jeff Schwartz was the one that tweeted it out. Cody, if you actually could, could you go to Jeff Schwartz's p- Twitter page maybe and pull yeah. that up for us as we kind of finish the show out? I think it's an interesting thing. All right, you're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com where every Tuesday night we bring you 
the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. Let's go ahead and get into the cat calls for the night. Cody, while he's pulling, while he's finding that, we're going to jump into the cat calls. The numbers 252-228-5098. So what are your thoughts on cat calling? Yeah, it's pretty sh- You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think cat calling makes the person feel? It feels good like Three. Uh, I just want to let you guys know that I love y'all, and you guys have an amazing podcast. Love and, uh, you. I'm driving home from work, and uh, it's a beautiful day outside, I was just thinking of things that make me happy, and something that uh, I remember that I don't really think about too much anymore is that the fucking Falcons blew a 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl. Yeah! I forgot about that. Uh, hey, before hey, y'all. Actually, oh, hold on, G. Hold on, G. One second. Uh, thanks for that. We love you, too. Um, I also saw this. Did you hear that? Uh, did you see that tweet floating around about the kid? Some guy said, uh, some kid put it in a Charlotte yearbook or something. He's like, still like the cat, like his senior yeah, I did, photo I did, I did was, I did uh, so, oh. all right. Um, okay. So thank you. We love you. We love that show. Uh, Cody, I'm going to send you the link too, if you can't find it. Uh, let's get, yeah, yeah. Send me the link. G Cavassier is here. Y'all know who this is. What's up, Hey, there's a lot to talk about, in my opinion. So, hey, I know y'all didn't seen it, man. The Dominican Sioux signed with the damn Tampa Bay Buccaneers, man. That shocked me, man. I mean, I like him as a defensive tackle. I just think he's a dirty son of a bitch, but oh, he's a space eater. Ben's talking about you know, this, but right. I think that uh, our offensive line can hold this dude back, man. And to me, and you guys can agree with me or disagree with me. What the hell are the damn Panthers doing? I see that we signed the dude, um, Aldrick Robinson. You know, we signed with the, with the Panthers. And they said this dude has speed and everything like that. And in my opinion, if they sign Aldrick Robinson, that means Tory Smith is going to be gone next month. I just have that feeling they're going to cut him to save some daggone money. That's my opinion. You know, and uh, I also see that uh, Jerry McCoy, you know, is not a Tampa Bay Buccaneer no more, you know. And, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say it. I would like him to come to the, camp, uh, the Carolina Panthers. You know, I would like mm-hmm. to get rid of Poe, but I know <clears throat> to get rid of Poe, that will, cost, will take like a 6 or $9 million hit. So my thing is, why don't we cut down Vernon Butler? Because, to me, this dude is just taking up space, man, and then sign Gerald McCoy, you know, to a one-year deal. You know what I'm saying? It, it's possible. And I don't know what the hell we're doing for for the free safety position. I, I don't I don't know. I'm guessing something's going to happen next month. You know, I know some people want Trey Boston to come back, and I'd like him to come back because he's a fellow Tar Heel. And I wouldn't mind seeing Eric Berry play that position either, even though I think Eric Berry's more of a strong safety, or whatever. But either either or would be good. Except Eric Berry, you know, he he hasn't played a full season in what two years, so it's kind of iffy iffy. And fellas, I know you guys are on Twitter. I know you've seen the new Panthers team reporter. Caroline can. <laughs> I can. That's why she's going to be making videos. They already said she's like the visual reporter. But, you know, I just uh, want to say welcome to her and welcome to the best damn NFL team. You know what I'm saying? In the South and in the world. So y'all just y'all just give me your opinions on what, what I uh, talked about tonight. And always remember, <laughs> keep pounding, baby. 
She's what they call a tall drink of water. Uh, uh, over, good. she's six foot tall, so she said the players will not tower over her, like some of those other reporters. Um, you know, yeah, is they brought in a a female, a good looking female reporter to do the video stuff because it turns out Max Henson, we love you. Uh, who's our other boy? Um, hold on. Uh, Black and blue review. Bill Voth. Bill Voth. You cover us, but boy, you are the opposite of a tall drink of water in in that sense right there. So, uh, yeah, when it comes to... All right. More like a small glass of juice. Yeah, small glass Uh, of juice. Made from uh, that frozen concentrate we used to get out of the freezer section. You remember when they, the Joe, do you remember that where you had to, no one does that anymore where you, you remember that? Like it would, you used to buy that like brick of orange juice in the freezer section. And it was just a ice. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you made a pitcher of orange juice. Yeah. I went and looked. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you just add water. Uh, and I went and looked, instead of getting real orange juice <laughs> that is just acid and keeps pretty well, they thought, let's freeze this sucker. Turns mm-hmm. out those mugs are more expensive. I saw, I was like, man, I want to see what that's like because I was going to like, we're going to make some alcohol, adult beverages. I thought, man, that would make, that would be good to add for something like that. You could get some concentrate up in there. That mess is mm-hmm. more expensive than real orange juice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the frozen brick Strange. All right, so we got some, uh, some, some eye candy when it comes to the Panthers reporters. G. Cavassier is there talking about this team. And Dominican Sue, dirty player, was a discussion in the chat room. We have to worry about him around uh, Cam Newton because uh, Cam Newton and him, because he calls him Donkey Kong Sue, which, again, people yeah, hated that. that hate Cam Newton. <laughs> hate all of that. Any other thoughts before we go on with the next call, guys? Um, Just to kind of touch on what Jude was saying, um, you know, would I love to have Gerald McCoy more than Vernon Butler? Yeah. But um, I don't know if if that's something feasible that's going to happen. I think our boy Gene hit the nail on the head. I would probably say that New Orleans might probably be the most likely landing spot for Gerald, even though I do hate that. Um, But, man, um, you know, Audrey Robinson, that's a player that we didn't talk about. We signed Audrey Robinson. uh, I I believe he was playing for Minnesota. So another Minnesota player that we've gotten down here. And, yeah, man, listen, Tony, used to be Joey, a red you know skin. Yeah, you know how I feel about Torrey Smith. I mean, he might have some incredible season. I'm just personally not a big believer in the player. I mean, give me that locker room guy spiel all you want. I'm just – I'm not a big believer in it. Uh, you have to be able to produce on the field. And I agree with uh, our man, G. Cavassi. I'd much rather have Aldrich Robinson out there. Uh, mixed in with some other younger guys, and um, and kind of see uh, see what what ends up being what, especially if he's a cheaper player. I'd much rather have him. I don't understand this. If if there is a knock on the off season, it's got to be with the the receiver group guys. Is we 
went from a core of receivers who were giant and could not get separation to a bunch of midgets who are very fast. There are, we are, we are, and, and I don't believe it's a bad thing necessarily, but there is what we, what I was critical of with the Carolina Panthers when we had Devin Funches, Kevin Benjamin, that type of squad. Uh, when we were even excited about who was my man that was a former Georgia Tech wide receiver, Stephen Hill, those types of receivers. We're talking about these big, tall guys. Now we just uh, what we were critical, or I was critical was was a lack of diversity, diversification, and skill set. Right now, the tallest guy in that receiver group, Chris Hogan, six two. Everybody else, six foot foot, six foot and below. You're adding speed, small speed to a group of small speedsters. My question, I think, at the end of the day is is less about Torrey Smith's replacement and what is this going to do for special teams, punt return, kick return. We do need a solution at that, and it is not DJ Moore who struggled with that in his rookie year. It is not Christian McCaffrey who already plays 100% of the snaps. We have had some uncertainty back there. I think we're searching at that point. That's what this truly is about. It's about special teams. Yeah, I, I'm. It. I, I agree with most of everything that you just said. Um, I feel a lot of our success um, at the receiver position is honestly banking on Curtis Samuel and, and DJ Moore really having a great year this year. I mean, those are two primary weapons. And, um, you know, I, I know we're all, per, you know, pulling for them. Um, and everyone else is just kind of, you know, everyone else is just kind of whatever, man. Torrey Smith, Audrey Robinson, Chris Hogan. Like, there's all these external pieces that we're hoping turns into something uh, that's, you know, sustainable and is a good safety valve uh, player for Cam Newton to throw the ball to. Kind of like, how Philly Brown was in 2015. So get ready for your starting receiver core to for your five receivers to be DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, Torrey Smith, Chris Hogan, and Jarris Wright. That's who I think the five receivers are. I think you add in one other guy who may be classified as receiver, truly just a special teamer. That's what Trill says. Ross is a return specialist. We're going to need something back there. Who returned? Who is the return guy? Last year we had a running back doing it. Who was the guy that Gettleman drafted? Kenyon Barner did a little bit of it. We don't um, have that answer, and that has been problematic for the Carolina Panthers in the past. We've been at training camp, Joey, watching Ben A. Ben 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 A. Ben Wickery and Philly Brown fielding punts and kickoffs, yeah. and those years were not exciting. If you remember. Nothing went well. We were we were begging for uh, Ted Ginn back. Question marks, question marks at that return guy position, I believe. Yeah, I think you're right. I think we, we definitely have to go out and find somebody. Um, but they're on the roster. I think they're on the roster now. All right. Um, it'll just be a matter of uh, somebody standing out. As a returner. All right. You're listening to C3 Panthers podcast. The number is 252-228-5098. Let's keep piling through with your cat calls. What's up, fellas? Pete Kempe here. Calling to talk about hey, Carolina Panthers. What else? 
Hold on. No, he's not. Here he is. He called twice. What's up, fellas? This is Tate Dan Pete here. Uh, been wanting to get on the show for a while, man. Cody's been calling into my show. Much love to Cody. Uh, much love to both of you, actually. Uh, but yeah, I really yeah. wanted to talk about the uh, draft because I haven't had a chance to be on the show because I'm an old man, man. Usually by the time you guys have the show, man, I'm, I'm fast asleep sawing wood with them Z's. But, um, so I was happy with the um, the draft overall. I gave the Panthers probably a, a B plus or an A minus. I was happy with the first pick. I was happy with the second pick. I was extremely disappointed with the third pick. And uh, not because I don't think that uh, Will Greer is a good quarterback, but I think there's a lot of other needs that could have been addressed at that time. And to take him number three overall, uh, let's be real, it baffled me. Um, I mean, I was yeah. breaking shit in the house uh, type of thing. Uh, that, that's, how, that's how bad that pissed me off. But, you know, now that I've had a couple of weeks to decompress about that, um, um, I'm over it. And so I'm welcoming, I'm welcoming, welcoming Will Greer to Panther Nation with open arms. And I hope that if something happens to Cam Newton, if he's not able to play, God forbid, that he can, you know, make things happen. But, um, but after that, you know, in the later rounds, I was really happy that with Nico Hardman, I was really happy with, uh, with Holyfield too, uh, between the tackles bruiser, because I think it would be a good compliment behind, uh, C-Max. So, uh, I'm really happy with that. Now, I just heard you guys talking about um, Will C. Mack, you know, can he be an MVP? Uh, I agree with both of you. There's no way he's going to be an MVP as a running back because, you know, to, to get MVP as a running back, you've got to have outrageous stats. Now, he's had outrageous stats the past couple of years, and people are overlooking that too. You know, he's caught more passes than any other running yeah. back in the, in the country, um, putting up crazy yards. And if it weren't for C-Mac, he probably would have won two games last year, you know, it, it, despite the fact that he lost, what, what was it, uh, seven eight out of the last number, eight or yeah, six out of the last seven or whatever row. it was. Yeah. But, um, yeah, um, he, he won't get, he won't get, uh, MVP. It's just sort of like, it's like the Heisman Trophy, you know, this, this, running backs do not get MVPs no more, unless that's the only player on the team they got. And, and let's be real here with Cam Newton at the helm, if he's healthy, and all the weapons we got on offense, uh, he's not going to get the, the MVP, but he's the MVP in my book. And on top of that, you two are the MVPs for the Carolina Panther Nation in my book. Peace and love. Catch y'all later. Much love. Peace can't be checking out. Much love, man. Listen, if you're a, if you're a fan of college football, uh, especially if you're a fan of Clemson football, Go check out my man Pigskin Pete on YouTube. He puts out great content as well. And I agree with just about everything he said, everything from Will Greer. I wasn't happy with it at first. I wanted some more depth, but it is what it is. Um, you know, overall, I'm happy with the buildup of, of this team right now. Yeah, and a lot of unknowns. I think that that's just uncertainty surrounding it all. And the Will Greer pick is meaningless to me in some ways it would have been great if you get a guy who's going to be a star you know you get a charles johnson in the third round that's what happened you pick charles johnson in the third round that would have been helpful in a couple of years but you know you got to place your faith in uh what the panthers what what they're doing is marty herney's done a lot of good work for this organization uh continue to be a supporter of marty herney and what he's done in the draft and and in the last couple of off seasons so 
We're going to give them the benefit of the doubt. And uh, the bad news for Will Greer is this, is that if things go bad for the Carolina Panthers, unless he comes in and plays like the damn next Aaron Rodgers, things are going to go bad for him as well. And the reason I'm saying is this, is that, look, is that if things go bad and Cam's shoulder is jacked up and we're at the Will Greer moment, and unless he's anything less than just damn phenomenal, you're going to have a new GM, a new coach, and uh, guys that don't give a shit about Will Greer next year. Yeah, you know, so is you if you're Will Greer at this point, you better hope that Cam Newton's healthy and your ass looks good in the preseason. And what we hear is that Will Greer just is uh, North Turner's bread and butter. If he was on a different team, he'd be starting. And then we trade him to the Dolphins. Exactly. Oh, that would be great. I mean, that's what I think we're at. All right. That's, uh, that's the C3 Panthers podcast for the moment. We've got one last segment, the cat calls. I mean, we just did the cat calls. We got to do our ice up picks. You can be a part of the show. Uh, by calling in the cat calls line 252-228-5098 we'll get your calls in next week Tuesday we'll have some more to talk about when it comes to the Carolina Panthers um, so go ahead and give us a thumbs up a subscribe, a like, a share, tell a friend about the show uh, and just tune in Tuesday nights or download the podcast afterwards, leave a review Cody let's jump into the ice up picks of the week and um, why don't you Well, do you want to go first? I know that you got a good one I'm down for whatever, man. If y'all want to go, um, okay. great mine is. Go ahead. All right. Um, I'm icing up a very well-known athlete and personality. Um, he became general manager for a team he played for as as an athlete, and um. Brought a big time player to the team from uh, another team, and um, I don't know. He he quit the, the year after he brought. Uh, I'm talking about Magic Johnson. Yeah, we Magic all knew it was coming. Um, he's an idiot because he had a real opportunity here to do something. He really could have uh, turned his his the franchise he made relevant. He really could have um, turned them around, uh, but he didn't want to put in the time. Um, he was more focused about being a TV personality and and dealing with his other businesses than being a general manager of the Lakers. And I think it's, it's shameful what he did. Uh, brought LeBron over here and just didn't finish what he started and quit because he couldn't work with certain people in the organization. And I think that sucks for the guys that he traded out Except for the guys who were there hoping, you know, to be able to uh, be part of something special. Um, so I'm asking him up because he really did let down a bunch of uh, 
place, um, a bunch of fans, and, and just, um, didn't really show uh, his best side. And, um, no, he wants I, to be up there with Charles Barkley and, uh, right, right, exactly. He wants to be on TV. That's it. He's more worried about that. Yeah. So, for that reason, I'm picking Magic Johnson to get iced up, son. Well, I'm going to jump in there next, and uh, I was going to make all of y'all happy and ice up Democratic politicians. They still get my ice right now because the whole, imp- like, still trying to impeach Trump. At this point, you just got you lost. You didn't get it. Let's Let's turn our... Our, our instead of our preconceived notions and turn to things let's go and actually try to do some work for us rather than whatever you're being so that was going to be my yeah. ice but the real ice is going to go to the Portland Trailblazers they blew four consecutive double digit <laughs> leads how do you lead in every game by more than 10 and not win a single game including they were swept last night. Uh, Steph Curry is really uh, is is just a tremendously exciting player. One of those players who uh, is could be the best player in the NBA when it comes offensively, but just because of the nature of what he plays, he can't ever be as valuable as a LeBron James potentially or a, a Kevin Durant. There's some limitations there, but boy, Steph Curry really stepping up and taking the Golden State Warriors and making them one exciting product, even though Kevin Durant has done the Portland Trailblazers get my ice, and they are in the ice tub after they blew another double-digit lead, once again telling us that the NBA playoffs are irrelevant. You don't have to watch any of it. We'll just turn into the NBA, tune into the NBA Finals, and we all know that right now, that there's nothing to care about other than this Giannis dude. Maybe Steph Curry also ice up Portland. Ice up Portland. Um, so listen, man, uh, I am absolutely certain that there is a politician who goes by the name Ben Carson. And if you've ever seen him, either of two things are true. Either... He is a hardcore stoner, and none of us know about it. True that. Like the we dude all is know just, about it. We all know about yeah, it. Yeah, the dude is just chiefing all the time. <laughs> or the man's brain is melting on a daily basis. I have never seen another human being who it is always looks like they are on the verge of a nap. <laughs> I have never seen it in my entire life. They're all... He is so, he is the, the most lackadaisical man you'll ever see in your <laughs> life. So good. But I have new evidence that supports the former theory that my man is indeed a stoner because my man is not thinking about home loans and everything that affects <laughs> you, you, you middle-class bottom figures. No, my man has something else on the brain. As you look it up, I'd also like you to As get back to me, up, if you don't mind, like to explain to the disparity in explain REO rates. Do you know what an REO is? An Oreo? R. No, not an Oreo. Not an Oreo. R-E-O. 
R E O. Real estate. What's the O stand for? E organization. Owned. Real estate owned. That's what happens when a property goes to foreclosure. We call it an REO. Mm -hmm. And FHA loans have much higher REOs. That is, they go to foreclosure. It's like, whatever, bro. Play it again. Play it again. Please play it one more time. I want some Oreos. I have the munchies like a mofo. I need Oreos in my mouth right now. Why aren't they in front of me? As you look it up, I'd also like you to get back to me, if you don't mind, to explain the disparity in REO rates. Do you know what an REO is? An Oreo? R. No, not an Oreo. Not an Oreo. R-E-O. R-E-O. Real estate. Real estate. That's my favorite part is where my man goes. Real estate? I feel like we're calling on somebody in class where you pick on the stoner kid in class in the background. And he's like, history? He's <laughs> like, what is that? Is that not only did he say Oreo, did they say, do you know what the O means? Real estate is so good. So good. Listen, it is confirmed that Ben Carson is a hardcore stoner. So he better be in favor of every legalization of marijuana law that there is. Because this man is chiefing before he goes into Congress or whatever he's doing, whenever he's talking to people, man, he's thinking about food. He's thinking about literally anything else in the world. <laughs> certainly not politics and certainly not your home that got foreclosed on. Hey, I'm My telling you, there's an opioid epidemic in America and that right there, my man just looks like he popped a couple of Oxycontin and went before Congress. Yeah, man. He, listen, to, to, <laughs> ben Carson, to Ben Carson, I do not know how this man was a brain surgeon. Apparently he was separating brains. <laughs> At one point in time, that's a good hey, point. Power, good point. Brain surgeon. That's a brain surgeon. Right but hey, man, I'm just. Uh, hey, I, 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 I stopped Ben. Carson. I think it got even better. My favorite part is this: is my man was brought before Congress to testify, and they were like, "Well, what do you think about that?" And he'll be like, "Well, how about I just put you in." in touch with the people that know about that shit. <laughs> like, that's what he was like. He said that. He was like, well, I can always just put you in touch with those people. And she was like, nah, I wor- used to work there. I'm asking you. And he's like, I'll introduce like, you. Hey. <laughs> so funny. Like, hey, man, I'm way too high for this shit right now. I know this other dude and that dude will fill you in on all that bullshit that you're talking about right now. Because I don't know what you're talking about. I'm talking about some Oreos. Double stuff. Only way to go. All right. Peanut butter Oreos. Strangely okay. Shouldn't be. All right. This is the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolineCatChronicles.com. Joe Riolano in the house. Good to talk to you, brother. How can they follow you on Twitter? Um, Guys, if you want to get at me on Twitter, look at me at Joe Riolano. Cody, where can they get after you, my friend? At Cody Lack, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. Hit me up on Twitter, whatever you want. It's all go. My name's Tony Dunn. They call me The Professor. You can find me on Twitter, at Cat underscore Chronicles. We appreciate all your support. Andrew, Brock, 
Legacy Land, uh, Trill, Underground West from the beginning. You guys are Ken D in the house. Thank you so much for your support in the chat room. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We'll check you out next Tuesday. Keep pounding. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.